0: There's a word from the Lord this morning that is found in the gospel that has been recorded by John, St. John, chapter 11, verses 33 to 35. This is the ninth of 12 messages in this series, which is entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. At the beginning of this year of 2020, we established as our church theme, perfect vision. And in that theme, we said that perfect vision is seeing as God sees. The first series of messages for this year was seeing ourselves as God sees us. And now the Lord is saying to us, as important as it is to see yourself as I see you, It is probably just as important. It is just as important to see others as God sees them, not by their condition, not by their situation, not by their past experiences, not by what they're going through, but to see them as God sees them. This is sermon message number nine. John, the 11th chapter Verses 33 through verse 35. Reading from the New International Version, the NIV translation. Verse 33 reads, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was troubled. Verse 34 Where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied. And verse 35 is where the subject is taken. The shortest verse in the Bible. Two words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. We ask his blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject taken directly from verse 35. The subject is entitled, Jesus wept, Jesus wept. Now, most young Sunday school students know this verse. The reason why they know the verse is because if you were in Sunday school and they tell you to memorize a verse, this one was easy to memorize. I said to the congregation earlier this morning that I remember doing our family prayer at our house. We would, every Sunday morning, before we would eat breakfast, before we get dressed to church, mom and dad would call all of us down. We would have a joint family prayer, and each one of us would have to memorize a scripture for that week. And our default scripture, to my brothers, natural brothers and sisters, was this. I would often hear us that when we forgot to memorize a scripture, we would say, Jesus wept. Dad got on to us and he would say, now I need you to memorize a scripture other than Jesus wept. So this is an iconic verse two words in this verse. Listen, one of the things that uh, distinguishes Jesus from most other religious deities throughout the world is this. Jesus was both human and he was divine. That that is a distinguishable characteristic of Jesus. He was all man and he was all God, human and divine. In fact, he is referred to in the Bible as both the son of God and the son of man. Listen, we often hear sermons preached concerning Jesus as being uh, divine. We have heard sermons preach of Jesus's divine acts. In fact, in the year 2015, I did a series uh, that outlined and preached from all 37 of Jesus's miracles. The series was entitled The Miracle Worker. And so we, we are used to hearing about the divine Jesus. Huh? However, we rarely hear much about his human experiences. Yes, we hear a lot about him walking on the water. We hear about him turning water into wine. We hear about how he divided the fish and the loaves. How the woman with the issue of blood touched him, she was made whole. How he touched the leper and the leper was clean. But just as important as it is to talk about those wonderful divine acts of Jesus, it is also important to talk about Jesus's human experiences as a way to encourage all of us who have to deal with our own very challenging human experiences. That is why it is important for us to know that he was not just the son of God, but he was also the son of man because we go through things. We have our own experiences. And if we only view Jesus as this super Hero, this this superhuman hero uh, that can do all of these miraculous things, it's hard for him to be our example of how we should live on earth. Listen to how the author of the book of Hebrews puts it. The author of the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 15, writes these words. He writes, and I'll quote, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses? NIV translation. But we have one who have been tempted in every way. Listen to this. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. Uh, we have a high priest who, like us, have been tempted. We have a high priest in Jesus Christ who's been tempted to lose his temple, who's been tempted uh, to perhaps tell people a piece of his mind, who's been tempted uh, to even get discouraged and say, Father, let this cup pass for me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But the verse ends by saying this, yet he did not Sin. Although he went through what we go through, the difference is that he did it without sinning. Now, that's powerful and that's wonderful, but perhaps the greatest example of both the wonders of Jesus' divinity as well as the sensitivity of Jesus' humanity is found in our text scripture chosen for today's message. Our text is part of what is and perhaps one of the greatest chapters in the gospel. John chapter 11 is known throughout biblical scholarship as uh, the raising of Lazarus from the dead powerful chapter. Over 50 verses in this one chapter. John chapter 11. Powerful. Some of the most iconic profound verses in all of the Bible. Let us look at the context of this text. Lazarus who was uh, the brother of Martha and Mary and here's what is so important to understand the text. One of, if not Jesus' closest earthly friend. How can I help you understand this? Because if we just view Lazarus as another man that Jesus performed a miracle, if we view Mary and Martha as just two other people that followed Jesus, you would really miss the significance of this text. They were as close Jesus as anyone. In fact, when Jesus was in the area, Jesus lived at their house. Uh, they, They were closer to Jesus than perhaps his own natural brothers and sisters. Mary, Martha, Lazarus ate at the same table jesus slept in their house perhaps it is surmised that jesus and lazarus could have slept in the same room as they shared a room when jesus was there perhaps they were the ones that jesus told his secrets to everybody needs someone to confide in perhaps they were the ones that jesus could go and let his hair down around Jesus could go and just be himself. He didn't have to uh, look around and be the Messiah. He didn't have to be the great miracle worker. He could go there and be Jesus of Nazareth. And so they were really, really close to Jesus. Now here's where the text gets really interesting. Lazarus, perhaps Jesus's closest earthly friend was ill. In fact, he was very, very ill. So much so, the Bible tells us in this 11th chapter that the sisters of Lazarus sent a message to Jesus uh, who was two days journey away. That's important. Remember that. They sent a message to Jesus that took two days for the messenger to get there. And the message said to Jesus, Lazarus, the one you love so much is so sick. Please come. Lazarus, the one you love so much. We, we know what you're able to do because we have seen you touch others who were sick. We saw what happened with the woman with the issue of blood touch you. The Bible says 12 years of illness was dried up in one moment. We saw what happened when you touched the leper. We even saw how you touch the family members of those who are close to you. You remember when Peter's mother-in-law was sick how you healed her body and raised her from the dead. We saw what you did for Jairus' daughter. We, We have witnessed all of that. Lazarus, your closest friend, Lazarus, the one that you love so much is gravely ill. Please come home. However, the text tells us That Jesus purposely did not start the journey on his way to Bethany for two days. Key word in this text is purposely. You remember in our previous message, we talked about how he went to Samaria on purpose to talk to the woman at the well. Where Jesus again on purpose for two days delayed his coming knowing that it was a two day journey. So he delayed for two days. It was a two-day journey. He says to his disciples, I am doing this so that God will be glorified over what was going to happen. The fourth verse of the text tells us, he says, so that God's son can be glorified through this. So he delays for two days. He arrives in Bethany two days later after starting his trip home. Lazarus now had been dead for four days. Not only was Lazarus dead, but Lazarus now had been buried. The funeral was over. The visitations was over. Uh, all of those things were over. Now I jokingly said, Matt, if, if, if Lazarus was living in 2020, and remember some of our churches, it'd have been two weeks before they had the funeral, okay. but, but four days later, Lazarus had died, Lazarus was buried, the visitations, uh, the pre-funeral visitations had already occurred. Go with me and use your spiritual imagination. Imagine how Martha and Mary must have felt. Now use your imagination. This man, who is like our brother, this man that Martha cooked for, cleaned for, washed his clothes, this man that Mary washed his feet with her hair and used. The perfume of the alabaster jar. This man cared so little for us that he would not come to help us. We saw him help other people. We saw him go out of his way. And when the satyrian says, uh, you don't really have to come to my house, but just speak the word. We saw him on the way to Jerusalem's 12-year-old daughter and stopped and allowed the woman with the of blood to be healed. So we know that he cares about people. But obviously, he doesn't care about us like that. So Jesus arrives in Bethany, he walks to the village and this is where it gets really emotional. They send the word out, Jesus is here, Martha jumps up, runs to meet Jesus and Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, our brother would not have died. Uh, Imagine Martha who was so faithful, who served Jesus in so many ways. Uh, Martha says, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And then she said this in verse 21, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Thank you, Sister Martha. I'm hurt. Uh, But I still believe in you. (laughs) If you had been here, things would be different. But I'm not about to drop you because I'm hurt. I I still believe that our brother uh, could live again. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha, demonstrating her theological faith, speaks to Jesus in verse 24 and says, I know he will rise in the resurrection At the last day. And here is that iconic verse. And Jesus said to her, Martha, I've got news for you. I am the resurrection and I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Look at Sister Martha, verse 27. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come uh, into this world. After she said this, she went back and called Mary and said, y'all go get married. Now, Mary was a little different from Martha. Mary, Martha Martha was, was the, probably the, more, the less emotional one, the more reasonable one. Mary was pretty emotional. That's why the disciples were angry when she broke that alabaster belt. So Mary, when she first heard that Jesus was there, she didn't leave. Quite honestly, she was pretty upset because the question they often ask is why didn't she come with Martha? because Mary was in her feelings. Mary was still hurt, but they sent word back to Mary, go get her, tell her to get up and come right now. Mary comes to Jesus and meets Jesus and the text says, Mary says the same thing to Jesus. If you had only been here, our brother, Would not have died. Now, here's what she did not say We trust you, we serve you, we love you as much as anyone. Why didn't you come? Why didn't you come to save our brothers? The text tells us in verse 33 that when Jesus saw their pain, hmm, when Jesus saw uh, them weeping. When Jesus saw how much they hurt, he asked the question in verse 34, where have you laid him? They replied and said, come and see Lord where we've laid him. And on his way to the tomb, <laughs> uh, before he could see Lazarus, The Bible said, Jesus wept. Two words, Jesus wept. He he wasn't crying because Lazarus was was dead. Go back and read chapter 11. He had already told his disciples, I'm going to raise him from the dead. But he was crying because they were crying. He was crying because they were hurt. On his way to the tomb, Jesus wept. Two words, one powerful verse. And so I thought about this, my brothers and sisters, and I said, Lord, help me put this in some way that we can understand, that we can understand the significance of verse 35 in John chapter 11. And God spoke to me, And God says, Darrell, there are three things uh, that you can derive from this experience of Jesus on his way to the tomb of Lazarus. Three things you can gather from his experience dealing with the hurt of Martha and Mary and so many others. And I'll share them with you. Today and we'll be done. Number one is this. It showed his love for Lazarus and his sisters. Jesus, yeah, he loved Lazarus, but it showed his love particularly for Mary and Martha. Note, Jesus wasn't crying because Lazarus was dead. It showed his love he loved them so much. Even the bystanders said when they saw him crying, oh, how much he must have loved them. Jesus loved them so much uh, because they were so close to him. They were his family. Uh, They were his confidants. And so it showed how much he loved them. Uh, The first key takeaway is that it also indicates how much he loves those of us like Martha and Mary that serve him so faithfully. Don't you ever think he doesn't love you? Don't you ever think that in the midst of all that you're going through that the Lord has stopped loving you? Uh, God loves you so much. The old song that the children learn at a young age, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible. Tells me so. I know the Lord loves me. Uh, I'm not sure about everybody because there's some folk uh, who act like they love you for a season. But I know this about Jesus. He loves me through thick and thin. I know He loves me during good days and bad days. I know He loves me even when I'm in the worst of what I can be. Jesus still loves me. As He loved Martha and Mary. Jesus loves you. I want you to know that he has not forgotten about you. Jesus loves you. That's the first thing the Lord said. He said to me that as you put this message uh, and bring it to some kind of conclusion, I need you to remind them that I love them so much. His tears represented his love. uh, His tears represented his love for them. And the second key thing in this message that the Lord spoke to me and said these two words in this one short verse, shortest verse in the Bible, represents is this. Not only does it show his love, but it showed his sympathy and his empathy towards others. It showed that Jesus not only loves us, but Jesus feels our pain. Listen to this Whew. And this is what I told the church this morning. This was every now and then when I'm putting together a message, I have closed the computer moment. I have shut down your notebook and think about what God has just dropped in your spirit. It was one of these moments where here I am working on this message and God dropped this in my spirit. And I said, this is a close the computer moment. He was hurt because they were hurting. He wept because they were weeping. And here's the moment. God said to me, Darrell, when you speak this message, challenge everyone under the sound of your voice to reevaluate their hurt. Because most people are hurting because they are hurting. Most people are sad and weeping because they are going through horrible experiences. Your heart's broken because somebody hurt you. You're sad because your finances are in disarray. Uh, You're hurt because your family is falling apart. But Jesus' hurt was not because of how he felt over the loss of Lazarus. Because remember, he already knew Lazarus would get up again. But his hurt was empathy. It was, I feel your pain. And I'm hurting because you're hurting. I've got a message for somebody today that no matter what we're going through, he feels our pain. And when we hurt, God hurts. When we hurt, the Lord hurts. He felt the pain of Lazarus' sisters. He felt what they were going through. He wept because they are weeping. The Bible says we should weep with those who weep. We are good over crying over our own mess. We're so good in crying over our own life. But how many times do people pick up the phone and say, I'm crying for you? I'm, I'm concerned about your family. How are your boys, Fred? Yeah, uh, Baron. How's your family doing? Uh, how how how's your family? What are they going? See, we become so self-absorbed that everything has to be about us. And the Lord says, My hurt was not because what I was going through; it was because what they were going through. I'm here to tell you that real leaders hurt when other people hurt. They don't just hurt because of what they are going through. That's what made Jesus so special. He empathized and he sympathized with them. And here is the third and the final thing about Jesus' experience on his way to the tomb. And this is the one that blessed me in such a powerful way. Number one is that his tears showed his love. Number two, his hurt was because they were hurting. But please go with me just for the next few moments as we wrap this message up. Number three is this. It showed his ability to overcome his pain and his grief in fulfilling his purpose. And I says, I got you, Lord. This is a shut the notebook down moment. And God says, Dara, I know there are times in which you hurt. I know there are times in which you lose a loved one and you can barely get out of the bed. I know there are moments in your life in which you are so stressed out about what's going on It's hard to make it, but I need you to do this for me. I need you to be able to look beyond your pain. Look beyond your grief. There are people I love who's lost loved ones. There are people who I know real closely, and they've lost a son and a husband and a wife. And I know it's not easy to get up out of the bed after you've gone through so much. (laughs) But I'm hearing God says there comes a time in all of our lives in which we've got to go beyond our hurt, go beyond our pain, and fulfill our purpose. Job puts it this way, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job lost family members. He lost wealth. He lost everything. But the Bible says Job worshiped God. He understood that his purpose was greater than his pain. I'm talking to someone right now, wherever you are, and we all have pain, we all have sorrow, we all have sufferings. But I'm hearing God say to us that we've got to understand that our purpose is greater than our pain. The truth of the matter is there's some mornings I don't feel like coming here. There's some weeks I don't feel like being anybody's pastor. There's some times that I don't feel like preaching to anyone. There were times in our own lives in which our own family seems as if it was falling apart years ago when my sons were younger. And God said, now you got to get up and you got to go minister to somebody else. I said, God, how can I do that? I just went down to the jail house and got my son out of jail. But God says, get up, dry your tears up and go stand behind that pulpit and preach that I came to give them life and give it to them more abundantly. I said, I hear you, Lord. God says, because I'm gonna do something that only God can do. Jesus had a divine purpose and his divine purpose had to be greater than his hurt. It had to be greater than his grief. It served as an example for us to understand that no matter what our pain is, no matter what we're going through, we must get up every morning to fulfill our godly purpose Jesus went to that tomb tears streaming down his face he said to them remove the stone he stood at the foot of the uh, the tomb and said Lazarus come forth get up Lazarus get up the bible said Lazarus got up from the grave he came forth he had the grave clothes on Jesus said loose him him go. Jesus had to work beyond his hurt. He had to work beyond his pain and do what the Lord has called him to do. Listen, as we conclude this message, Jesus' wept is so important. It is important because it shows how he loves us. It shows how he sympathizes and empathizes with us. It shows how Jesus is willing to work beyond his own grief and pain to fulfill his God-given purpose. Some of us, God has called you to something. Get off that couch. You are not the only one that's dealing with family problems. Hold your head up high. Dry your tears and say, Lord, I need you. And said Lord I need you to be a friend of mine the Lord says if you work beyond your pain beyond your hurt there's some people you can talk to right now and they'll tell you oh it hurts so badly it hurts so bad there's not a day that has gone by since August the seventh I have not thought about my cousin and my brother chip not one day every day of my life since he's passed I thought about her, and it hurts and it's painful but God says I've called you to do something and if you wallow in your hurt if you are obsessed in your pain and you can't do what I've called you to do somebody right now wherever you are know that God is calling you he is a friend unlike anyone else and here we are as we conclude this message Ooh. bill marsha and the praise team comes back and there's a old song of the church Ooh. that i want to share with you for the next few moments and the song is entitled there's not a friend like jesus <laughs> There's not a friend like Jesus who loves us, who sympathizes and empathizes with us, who goes beyond his hurt. On the cross, Jesus looked beyond his pain and stopped dying and said, Father, save this young man, this thief on the cross. And Jesus said, this day you shall be with me. In paradise. Listen to the words of this song, this iconic song of the Christian church, particularly the African American church. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There is no night so dire that his joy can't cheer. No, not one. No, not one. Here's the part I like, Mac. Jesus, he knows all about me. And your struggles, he will guide us until the day is done. Pastor Willa May, the songwriter, said, There is not a friend. I can't find nobody like the lowly Jesus. <laughs> no, not one. No, not one. I've got some good news for you. You have a friend in Jesus. Come on, Bill. Come on, Marsha. As it blesses us right now, pick up the phone. There's a number on the screen right now. Listen. Ooh. Um yeah, yeah. 888-776-1238. If you're listening by way of radio, call that number right now. 888-776-1238. Listen. Ooh.
1: Ooh. not a friend uh. like the Lord Jesus. Ooh. No, not one. Ooh.
0: No, not Uh one Lord, I'm hurting, but I know you're my friend Yeah, yeah Sing, Bill No one else could hear Ah, yeah, yeah Mm. All of our souls Uh
1: Diseases Uh Ah, no Uh
0: No, not one Uh, sing Sing Woo. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not one. Speak to somebody, Lord, right now. Yeah, sing, Bill. Yeah. Uh, There's not an hour uh, uh, when it can't be near us. Uh, lift those hands wherever you are right now. No, no. Not one. Uh, no. Uh, i send this to somebody right now. Whatever no, you're going through. One.
1: Go
2: Ooh. There's not a friend. Sing, in sing, Marsha. Yes, yeah. Like the <laughs> Jesus. Sing your song, yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah.
0: Listen, Jesus wept. <laughs> Why did he weep? Because he loved us so much. <laughs> Jesus weeps even today for our nation. He weeps for those who are going through so much. Why did Jesus weep? He wept because he had sympathy and empathy. For those who were in pain. It wasn't about his pain, but it was about our pain. For Isaiah puts it this way, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes (laughs) we are healed. The third thing is that although he wept and although he was painful, It did not stop him from doing what he came to do. He came to call Lazarus out of that tomb. And although the tears were streaming down his face, Bill, he still had the strength to say, Lazarus, come forth. Some of you are going through something right now. You're hurting, you're weeping, but you still have the strength to walk in your divine purpose. And say to God, though he slay me, yet will I trust to believe that God is still a healer. And believe that God can still do what God can do. There's a number on that screen. Someone somewhere sitting on your couch, in your car, somewhere by yourself. Tears streaming down your face. Perhaps you are on the verge of losing your family. Perhaps you've lost your job. Perhaps you've lost a loved one. But I'm hearing God says, get up and move beyond your pain to fulfill your purpose. And when you do, God will reward you in such a glorious way. Close those eyes. If you can, pick up the phone and call us. If you need to be saved, if you need to be saved, then we're just one call away. Listen, if you're looking for a church family and you need someone to be in communion with you, then call us. We want to be a part of your family. Our mission during this pandemic has never been to grow. The footprint of Bible Way. I'm sorry, but it has never been the purpose. The purpose has never been to increase the number of people we have on our roll But the purpose has been to encourage others to have somebody sign up for that heavenly role. And so when their name is called, uh, they will be ready when their name is called. God is calling you. God is calling you. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. He loves you so very much. Uh, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this ninth message in this series. We thank you for not just the message, but I thank you for giving me the strength helping me to have the obedience to hear from you, to preach it the way you wanted it to be preached this morning. Lord, you wanted these words to be heard as they were heard this morning. Someone needs to know that John 1135 is all about the Jesus who weeps for us. Thank you, Lord, for when my family was falling apart, he wept for our family. When others were falling apart, he wept for them. He weeps for that young man that's strung out on alcohol, strung out on drugs. He weeps for that young lady who is so confused about her walk with you. Help them to understand that God is there to help them fulfill their divine purpose. Have your way, Lord. I thank you for being my friend. (laughs) Thank you for knowing all about us and still loving us. I thank you not just for what you've done and what you are doing, but I thank you for what you're going to do. And so we ask this prayer. In your name, we evoke your name the name that is above all names. The name that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow to have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Wherever you are, come on and join us right now. Right now. Right here. Call us right now. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just before we enter into our communion service, let me take this moment to say a very special thank you for your faithfulness, first of all, in your tithe and your offering. Just remember this: that God still deserves his tenth, even in a pandemic. The good news about a tenth is you can only give a tenth of what you receive. If you've not received anything, Uh, then you're not obligated to give God anything. Amen. If you're not getting as much as you had been getting, you're not obligated to give him any more than that 10th. Amen. God appreciates that. The ministry appreciates that. And then a very special thank you. Next Sunday, we're going to burn the mortgage. We are going to burn the note that was on this worship center. In the year 2001, we had our first service here. And now on the second Sunday in November in the year 2020, we're going to declare the words of Bishop Jackson. I told you so. That God would do what God has promised to do. We've taken on many endeavors. Even on top of the mortgage, we've brought a hundred acres of land and building houses over there and there's still work to be done. There's still things to do. But we are serving notice on next Sunday. If you can just drive by, if you can just come and blow your horn and give God a praise, And we're going to have it in the parking lot, socially distanced, if, if you can just get out of your car and give God one quick step for God doing what God promised he would do. Thank you so much. To those of you that are across the country, those of you who've never stepped foot on this campus before, you've given us and you've given your seed. You've sown your offering. We've received them from all over the country. Thank you so very much. God will remember when others forget. Again, next Sunday, 10 o'clock, one service 10 o'clock. Amen. We will re-air it, that service, perhaps throughout the day, later that evening sometime or later during the week. But just know uh, that we are going to do this together until God gets the glory. I leave you with this. One of the most famous expressions that Bishop Jackson imparted in my life were these words. He said to me on that Sunday that I became the pastor of this ministry. It was a Sunday in October in the year 1996. He says, Son, if it doesn't bother you who gets the credit, God will always get the glory. And I've never forgotten that. If it doesn't matter, if it doesn't bother you who gets the credit, God will get the glory. I say to all of you, I say to our Bible Way Church family, God gets the glory. God bless you. Come on right now as Pastor Matt comes and lead us in communion. Yeah.
3: Amen. what a powerful word from God. Thank God so much for that powerful word from our pastor, seeing others as God see them and simply Jesus wept. As we prepare for our holy communion, we're going to allow to those of you that are at home to get bread and get your juice. And then we're going to come back and read our communion scripture and administer the communion. Our praise team will give us a selection as we allow you time to prepare for holy communion virtually.
1: Well, the cross will always represent the love God had for me. When the Lord of glory, heaven sent, you, gave all on Calvary, he did it just for me. Me just for me. I'm so glad that Jesus came and he did it just for me. Well, the cross cross will always represent the love God has for me. When the Gave all, gave all Lord Calvary. He did it just, just for me. Just for you and me. Just, just for, for me. me. Come on, lay your hand on your chest and say, say Jesus can came. Jesus came Thank it you for doing just, it. just for me. me. Come on, Savannah, tell him just for me.
3: As we prepare for our Holy Communion, our scripture says, For I perceive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this doing remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. this bread that represents your body god we thank you for the wine that represents the blood that you shed on calvary god we thank you for counting us worthy to participate in this holy communion once again it's in your name we pray amen once again the scripture says and on the same night in which he was betrayed he said take eat this is my body which has been broken for you this cup is the new testament in my blood which has been shed." For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us all now participate in our virtual communion together. And now the benediction. Father, we thank you once again for what you've done. We thank you for our service, God. We thank you for those that are viewing us virtually. We ask that you dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations, as we do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
4: thank all of you for tuning in if you desire prayer please call 1-888-776-1238 there are many safe secure and easy ways to give to bible way church of atlas road online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org you can choose to give through your bank checking debit or savings account or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org. High Five is a faith-based, nonpartisan voter participation project. Our mission is to conduct nonpartisan voter mobilization and participation among registered voters to maximize voter turnout. We want to encourage all registered voters to each find five people who are already registered to vote. Make sure that they receive and turn in their absentee ballot. Participate in early voting, or get to the polls to cast their vote for November 3rd, 2020. In July 2016, during her stunning convention speech, Michelle Obama coined a phrase that continues to resonate with so many Americans. When they go low, we go high. As we move closer to November 3rd, we want to ensure that we increase voter turnout. There is no need for constant rhetoric, trickery, or mudslinging. This is a simple pledge campaign based on taking the high road and getting the work done. What work? The work of maximizing voter turnout. High Five is an effort to go high by emphasizing the simplicity of helping each other and creating a level of accountability among voters. Let's review. Find five people. Make sure that all five vote by assisting them in securing and turning in their absentee ballot to help them to participate in early voting options or by physically taking them to the polls between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. For more information about these options, visit scvotes.org.